Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the Volleypod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save any time you're on the site. Good evening and welcome to the VOLLEYPOD. How are you doing today, Todd? I'm doing great, Davis. How about you? I'm doing really well. I got a... Uh... Achilles heel that's on the mend. I'm doing much better than I was last right. week. Give me a little team update now. You guys get back from Red Rock. You go six and one. You have a, a good showing. I know you wanted to place higher, of course, but uh, you watch other teams. You see your team. What are your priorities? You're getting back in the gym. Yeah. So we have a couple priorities. The first is passing, <laughs> serving and passing the classics, right? Um, we, what we found is when we were losing, we weren't in system. Our middles are still our best attacking uh, percentage hitters. So we want to get them the ball as much as possible. And when we were in system, it was too much of a predictor that our middles were going to get set. So we need more. It's of funny how that, how that works, right? Yeah. As, yeah. And then there's pressure to set them when you pass in system and then the other team goes, okay, well now we can just block the middle and don't worry about anybody else because it's a good pass. Absolutely. And then I think the second big one is finding a kill. So we want to expand our bag and uh, have more shot selection, be able to deal with the block a little bit better. We, uh, we really don't see the block. <laughs> we just kind of <laughs> hit and hope. So um, some of that is on calling, but I really think mostly it's attacker vision. And so we're going to try to work against the block quite a bit. Um, but it's it's hard because, I mean, we are a pretty big team, but these teams are, I mean, they're athletic at the net. And yeah. so it's sometimes a surprise, you know, to get blocked a bunch and you're like, whoa, I really got to work on this. So we're going to be back in the gym working on those three things for sure. Um, and, and a bunch of stuff else, but that's the that's the big stuff for now. Fun stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get started, we are supported by AOC, Art of Coaching Volleyball. And we have our code, the Volleypod. Yeah, absolutely. V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. You can get 20% almost anything off of almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball site, um, including premium memberships, most all of their books. So anytime you buy anything on there, please use Volleypod as a code and you'll save some money. And uh, we're thrilled to be working with them. It's awesome. Cool. Well, so you're ready to roll? Yeah, and you're up with the skill. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. So we have a coaching skill okay. that is teaching decision making. Oh, I love this one. So this is a new one. I've gone down this rabbit hole, and you know, I'm this kind of semi-retired guy that's reading a whole bunch of stuff on ecological dynamics. Yes. We've talked a little bit about it, and I think that the easy way to I think describe it for the listeners is is out of Rob Gray. We talked about him before, uh, and he wants to couple perception with action. I love so yes. you have to have the brain working and everything we're doing, and it's not just the action. We have to connect that to the brain. Uh, so we don't have mindless reps. We're looking to create high IQ players. Yes. And, you know, we complain about it all the time. I mean, I, when I say we, I complain about it. And I hear coaches, oh, oh my yeah. players just don't have, oh, she has such a high IQ. None of my other players do. She has a low IQ. 
you know, we talk about that, but can we, everybody's IQ can improve. Right. What are we doing to improve their IQs well, and how do we do that? Well, real, real quick, if I could just jump in. This idea of IQ, it sort of, to me, signals that it's innate and it's not innate. These are skills, right? Well, I think every, I think like anything, okay, hey, there's jumping and you might have some people who have great jumping abilities, some people who kind of have naturally a little higher IQ in volleyball, right. but everybody's can get better. Everybody's exactly. jump can get better. Right. Everybody's IQ can improve. Right. It might not be as great as your highest IQ player or your highest jumper, but everybody can improve. It's a good point. So for me right now, I'm looking at, hey, can that be a difference maker for my team? And can we make better decisions than the other team? Okay. Even though we might not be bigger, faster, stronger. Makes a huge difference. So, yes. uh, and coupled with that, can I do a better job of teaching that? And how do I do that? So let's start. Okay. So we're going to go through a bunch of skills and talk about some things maybe you haven't thought of, or maybe a couple of listeners haven't thought of okay. that. I just spend time during the day when you're hard at work teaching, <laughs> I'm sitting around thinking about eco D. <laughs> so we always think about setting, right? As, yes. as so that's something that we've always really thought about as a decision maker, your setters deciding who is going to, who, she he or she is going to set so we have you know your teammates strengths and weaknesses you know the score you know the opponent's system players so you have all this information you're putting that together and making this decision on who to set at what time and so that's something that is a whole new a whole nother episode of course uh but the thing that maybe we don't think about so much is all the out of system setting that's a good and point. there's decision making there Right, so you'll see. Do they know which pin is better to set in each rotation? That's a good point. So when it gets after twenty, do they know? And have they practiced that? If the ball goes to your middle back, maybe your libero might know. Right. But hey, when you're out of system, that means you're not in system, and you don't know who's setting. <laughs> right. Everybody has to know. Yes. And so the idea that we practice, we might give those players reps. But do we give them the decision making? That's a great point. That's important. Yes. At that, you know, 15 15 in the third set of going on and getting a bid or something, and yeah. you have your middle back setting, are they setting the right person? That's a good point. So, uh, decision making there for everybody there I love for it. setting. How about attacking for beginners? Okay. Hit or not hit? Love and it. that becomes a fundamental decision that we make. Wait, no balance, ball's behind you. We don't want you swinging at that. That's something you turn around and bump over. Ball in front of you, you go get it. And if you have to tip it over or something, you can do that without bumping. Okay. okay. So for beginning, more advanced, can you get your feet to that ball, right? And right. not bump it over now, right. okay? Because you have more range than you think maybe to get to that set. I like that. Uh, and then manage risk when the set isn't good. Right. And you say, okay, well, I'm not going to swing as hard as I can on this because the set is way outside and off the net. I'm going to put this ball in the middle of the court and let them make a decision on who's going to take that ball in the middle. I love that. Uh, and then uh, in general for attackers, hit the right shot, given the blockers, opponent's defense, rotation, et cetera, et cetera. So, right. Is that computer working with your attackers? And are you that. practicing that? And I are you putting, that. hey, here's a big blocker. 
and then you're sneaking a small blocker in. You're putting your libero in there, and then you're putting a six-five coach in there, and you're just kind of subbing. And all of a sudden, they have to call it, and you have that libero calling. We talked about some coverage before. So can we create those situations in practice? Force them to think through it. So you're changing that all the time for them. Yes, I love it. Okay, serving. You know, we call serves a lot of time, and I think sometimes we take that decision-making away from the servers where if we want them to have an IQ, we have to teach them about making that decision. So do they know the other team's best and worst passers? And do they know the tactical advantages of each rotation's serve-receive formation? And so I'm a Tom Brady guy, you know what oh, yeah. I call that 12, okay, that yes. 12 serve. Yes. And you serve that 12 serve in rotation one and the setter runs right into it. Yes. Right. And you have your 01 sometimes over there on that right sideline. Doesn't like to come in and follow the setter. So there's some confusion. You can serve that Tom Brady 12 serve <laughs> in row two, where you have that right over that maybe uh, right side and middle stack. Yes. Okay. And you have things in row three where you might be trying to pin that, uh, you know, pin the middle to that left sideline. Right. And you're serving maybe, let's say, a 32, right? right? Or even a 31 maybe into that seam to try to pin that. So do they know that? Right. I love that. Rather than just telling them where to serve and they don't really don't know why. The other one is the one, um, oh, managing wrist and streaking. Okay. I'm into the streaking now. It's like, hey, we're not going to miss serves after we score points. Okay. We're going to streak. Right. Keep, the, <laughs> keep it rolling. We're going to keep it rolling. Yes. And so that is, uh, hey, a decision that I see these servers, they serve hard, harder, harder, <laughs> miss. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no. Right. No, wait, I got my three coach. Right. <laughs> I, and I'm going, I want to go big. I wanna, I'm going out in flames. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. I like that. And then this is one that I think we talked about. This was a Dan Fisher one where we talked about his team at Pitt serving, and he has them practicing now these bad tosses and making decisions that, wait a minute, I have to change my arm a little bit and make a different decision on this bad toss and still serve it in and still serve it in with it floats and I not say, that. oh, I missed it because it was a bad toss. Always. No more excuses. Everyone says No that. more. Right. No I more. That's such a Be a better one. decision maker. I'm using that. Change one. your arm. Yes. Okay. Good one. So how about uh, serve receive? Okay. Practice. Always have to have more than one player. See more. If you have one player in serve receive, you're taking out a bunch of that decision making. That's a good point. Okay. So having, I think sometimes, uh, you know, I like sometimes that one player, let's say, put her in the middle of the court and saying, hey, you have to cover the whole court. And you're reading the server, so you're putting a premium on that decision of where am I going to go, and what I see. Uh, but in general, we're trying to always train when we can with at least two passers out. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, so we have that decision. Uh, this is one I talked to you about with your team. Mm-hmm. Trouble, trouble, double. double. Trouble means double. Double the height. Yes. You're in trouble. You double the height. Can you make that decision? You go, hey, were you in trouble? Yes or no? Oh, you're in trouble, then double the height. Make that decision. Yes. And can you know when you're in trouble and then double the height of your back? not get aced. Not get aced. Ace prevention. Uh, Blocking. I was talking to Saeed about this. One of our coaches, uh, he's coaching our our top 13s team. So they don't know when not to block. Yes. 
they just jump and block and get tooled. So Mm -hmm. the first thing, decision-making, are you going to block or not? I love it. And so that is a decision that we have to teach. Uh, Blockers knowing the opponent's plan, who is their best attacker? What are they going to do in this situation? It's after 20. They're going to set their best hitter in this rotation. It's probably going to be this person. Let's make sure we get four hands in front of this. We're not going to think about blocking the whole net necessarily in this. If we get beat by this attacker, we'll let her hit without a block or block one-on-one or whatever we need to do. But when we have Davis over there, we better get four hands in front of that guy (laughs) (laughs) or it's going to be over. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And then blocking, choosing a spot and choosing a time to jump. Those are both. Is that a big jumper? Is there a big jumper? And do we have to delay jumping sometimes and choosing a spot to block? And given the fact that we know this hitter, we know the offense and, uh, you know, I'm looking at these fast offenses sometimes and the ball is, you know, the inside ball hitters are running by mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, they're missing the swing block. The ball is sailing outside and it just sails right by the blocker. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So uh, those are decisions for blockers. Uh, defense. First one. Make a move, Davis. You got to get it. Got to get you it. You got to get it. <laughs> you can't let that that decision to go for the ball. Yes. Right. And so that's key. one that for me is I am stopping things. And I see a lot of teams now that, you know, players don't go for balls and they just play in the next play. And I'm going, hey, wait a minute. No, we're, we're stopping there. Right. That's going to be, you know, they don't want to listen to my voice. They don't want me stopping things. They want to play. We don't go for a ball. We stop. Yeah. Something's got to be done. Uh, and that so is a decision. It is a decision, decision to make. Yes. Hey, make a move. Get on the floor. Hey, yeah. you don't you go for it. Didn't get it. So be it. Yeah. I love uh, it. How about under over? Oh, okay. that's a decision. Yes. Should I dig this overhead or should I use my platform? Yep. Absolutely. Right. Get caught. Making so no decision. Practicing yes. that decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think overhead digging is undervalued. Mm-hmm. And so we don't that. do it enough. Yep. And so what if we play pepper and we say, Hey, 70% of the balls have to be hit over your partner's head. I love that. Yes, that's cool. Right? And yeah. now we're practicing something that needs to be practiced. That's a great idea. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, all the reading on defense, right? <laughs> Decision making. Okay. Uh, hey, we have, can they look at an attacker and get a feel? Hey, do they have attacker that can periscope over the block? Right. And so am I going to play a little more in the court? Or do they have a little attack that's trying to tool the block? It's not going to be hit over the block, but I'm going to have to run down deflections. And I don't want to be dug in because this player doesn't have enough heat to do that. Okay. Man, we played this team that threw tips so many. They probably throw tip 50 balls in our match. And we were we were dug in and we there was stuff we could have run down. Uh, so And that's a decision. You're absolutely right. And we need to train that decision. Well, and decision knowing ahead of time that yes. there is uh, – that these things, what are the priorities? These right. things are more likely to happen. So it makes the decision easier. Right, right. Great. It's not just, hey, this person can hit to the 900 square feet at 90 miles an hour. That's not happening. Right. So Absolutely. can we limit those things that are happening so we can make better decisions? I love it. Stuff like this. Uh, after a block, Right. 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 So hitters get blocked so they come back and they come point. back with tip. Right. We want to make sure that, hey, we have that, those things that happen often, we know those things so we can make better decisions. I love it. I love it. So 
That's awesome. So what do you, I got one thing for you. So what yep. do you think about binary decision-making? So, especially when they're learning. So A or B? This or that. This or that. I like this or that. Okay. That's a good start. Yeah, I think. Give me I, an example. So liner angle, right? Two things. Yep. Um, tip or hit. Yep. Uh, if they're the, the defending, uh, I think when you can go binary, it's really simple for them to learn, yep. right? Left or right, you know, yep. if you're a middle. Um, from there, then you can expand it. But if you give them too many things at once, it can be a little overwhelming. Yeah, no, I think I think the binary stuff is great. Really cool. Yeah. And there, there's so much more in this decision making. I love this topic. Well, awesome. I think that all of this stuff that, you know, I'm into looking at, you know, hey, after you hit, we talked about this before. You know, after you hit, what are the things that can happen? Yes. And so after you hit, well, you can cover yourself. We talked about that last time. You can let a ball go out this blocks. Yeah. Or let somebody covered who has a better line and not reach back into somebody behind you, maybe, because you know that your teammates are going to be there covering. and You have hitters reaching back and knocking it away from people that are there. Yes. And then you have, hey, I got to get back and block after I hit. And are we teaching those decisions or do we just let hitters, you know, hit and run under the net? Uh, yes. The classic. Yeah. Right? I call that so classic. we got to, we got to put in that perception and decision-making into everything we do. Such a great point. Excellent. Excellent skill. Such that's a good it. one. That's it. Right All on. right. Well, that's the so, skill. What's uh, up with the scenario? Okay. So the scenario is something that came to mind uh, this weekend at Red Rock. I, I coach a 16s team. And everyone wants to get recruited, of course. And I mean, to go all those college. logos walking around the court, all those logos, all those logos on those polo shirts <laughs> and logos. Yes. And so our topic's <laughs> going to be getting recruited when you're not a junior yet. Okay. So we all know that the college coaches can't talk to you or send you stuff until you're a junior in high school. Yep. And um, what I find is that everyone's trying to get recruited before that. And it's obviously not you know, allowed by NCAA, but they're still trying to sort of position themselves. And I have some thoughts on this that I'd love to share. Um, after doing this for a long time at the 18s level, um, I've seen, you know, I was at the 18 twos for a long time, where you get a big range of where kids will end up going to college, yep. right. And so I have some thoughts that might be different than the general public on this. So I, I kind of wanted to talk about this. So no, I need I need a primer on this myself, because even though I've been coaching a lot, most of my coaching, you know, is is high school. And I just coach the little rugrats in clubs. So I didn't really have the you know, coaching elite kids in club a lot. I was always assisting, so I wasn't involved in it. Right. Well, and, you know, the 18 ones, they're all super elite and they're all signing way early. Exactly. You know, and but that's so, not the norm. That's not the norm. Right. And so um, I had this big range of kids. So it was actually really, really interesting to see where they ended up and see them go through the process. So here we go. So the first thing is number one, get good. <laughs> <laughs> number two get good okay like they're gonna find you if you're good i think there's this idea going around that if i just sell myself to enough colleges and if i have the right video that i will get recruited and these college coaches are not dumb they want a player that's going to help them win Right. So their job is on the line. Their job is on the it's line. It's more so, and more competitive. Exactly. Number one and number two are get good. And when you're young, I don't even know if concerning yourself with getting recruited is the best idea, unless the first idea is get good. 
right? Um, if you're, you actually may be misrepresenting yourself if you're sending out video when you're not that good. Yep. And I see this happen all the time where they're sending out video that doesn't look great and it's actually kind of deterring coaches from watching them. So um, those would be the first two things. So don't put the cart in front of the horse and try to get recruited before you're good. And good is all relative, yep. you know, but make it a point to be the best player you can be, right? Number three, and this actually could be number one, as well get physical so i see a lot of really skilled players who can't jump that high or they're not that um they don't have that much of an arm and these are things that you can build on and even if you just start that process that will be a really good um flower uh, I don't know the, the phrase, but like tip of your cap, I guess, to where coaches are going to say, well, this kid's really physical. This kid can play at the next level. Right. And that, that I'm, you know, I always wonder about that in high school. You know, we lift during the season. Right. And it takes away from our time in the gym, which for me, I hate giving that up. But we have players who want to play in college. And I feel like, hey, I, if I don't get them comfortable in the weight room, then I'm not preparing them. Absolutely. And and the number one thing on USD's little recruiting questionnaire is, does this athlete excel at strength and fitness? Ooh, right? Right? interesting. And, interesting. And the one thing I tell all the kids is that the coaches feel like they can teach you volleyball, right? And they can. I mean, these are excellent coaches in college. So if you're really, really physical, they're going to be able to teach you some of the skills. Yep. So, But coming in prepared physically is really important. Um, number four, and these aren't in really any particular order, but find out about your own interests and goals for after high school, regardless of volleyball. I don't know how many kids say, I just want to play volleyball in, right. in college. And it's like, that to me is putting the cart in front of the horse. And it's not appropriate to think in those ways because volleyball, it should be a means to an end. Now, I, there are several players that we know that have gone on to play pro, but those are not typical at all right. right at all right i think we need to talk about the, the general population and not yes. hey the super freaks are going to be super freaks and they're exactly. going to get recruited you know the coaches are going to know about them when they're in eighth grade or whatever and track them you know exactly and that's that's a different group we're not talking about that group right exactly and so a lot of times they don't even know their major and but they want to go to x or y school and that school doesn't even have their major or, or, or they don't even know what they'd like to major in. So, you know, come to understand yourself. You can work with your high school counselor on this. I mean, there's a lot of great resources. Well, on the this. other thing, Davis, I think we should throw out there is we have this club. You're a volleyball club. And so you have all this, the alums and you yeah. have people that have gone to a bunch of different schools and asking them, using them as resources. That's a great point. They yeah. love to help out and say, oh, yeah, I, this is what I thought when I was your age. But if I wish I would have known. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes, that's such a good point. Um, and along that same line, research schools. Like, how do you know about these schools? Well, you can go online and check them out. Once you have just a little information and it sounds interesting, go visit. You don't have to be on an official visit to visit the school, to find out about it. You can ask people. Um, you know, I think that's a really good start before you're even starting to get recruited because then you're like, 
I am aware of this school and I know that I like it or I know that I don't like it. Right. Well, and the coach isn't wasting time then. Exactly. Goes, oh, you're already, you've been here. Right. And okay. And you can talk about, oh yeah, I did this. I checked out this department or whatever. Right. And it's, oh, whoa, this person's serious. Coaches I went to that. the favorite restaurant. Oh, this person knows my, my hood. Okay. Right. Coaches love that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, find out their majors, find out uh, their level, who they play and, um, and find out about the coaches too. The coaches are changing, you know, uh, sometimes often, sometimes not often, but, you know, find out about those coaches. Cause man, <laughs> sometimes a coach can seem great on a recruiting trip. But you ask the players about them and, you know, it's a different story. So I always, yeah, I, whenever I have players on going recruiting trips, I said, hey, you got to corner a player or two and say, hey, what are the best things about your coach? What are the worst things about your coach? Yes. Absolutely. Every coach is going to have weakness. You just don't want surprises. That's a great point. <laughs> that's yes. A that's a good way of putting it. Yes. And then the other thing I would say is how do you, the, the biggest question I get often is, where can I play, right? What is my level that I can actually play at? And as coaches, we have a pretty good idea, but it's still just a good idea. It's not firm. So one of the things I would recommend is seeing more than division one volleyball, like division two, division three, NAIA, junior college, there's opportunities all around for people that fit that. There's a lot of good volleyball. There's a lot of good it's volleyball. It's getting better. Yes. D2, D3, NAI, man, people would people, not believe. I know people think that that's a low level volleyball. No, oh. it's, it's incredible volleyball, especially, you know, at, at certain schools. And you, if you find those schools, man, it's, it's awesome. So, and, uh, and how do you find that out? You go, go watch, yep. you know, um, and then get a variety of options on, on what you need to do to play at that level. So what I mean by that is if you want to play at Stanford and you look at their middles and they're six, five, six, six, you know, six, four, maybe you're thinking I'm not six, four, I'm five, eight. Can I be a libero there? You know, what do I have to do to play at the level I want to play at? If I'm five, eight, is it even realistic to play there? And should I, or should I consider other options? And there's no shame in that. What is really unfortunate is when people feel discounted by um not being a d1 player like i see this all too often d1s are so difficult to play for and the expectation is so demanding that it's not for everyone yep and so i think that's a big that's a big one and then go on trips to these colleges like i said and then oh the college camps are getting bigger these coaches like the chance to talk to you yep and so the college camps, camps are big yeah yeah so that's a, that's a good one and then i would always say play hard always you never know when the coaches are going to be looking um and have a great attitude they're going to spend four years with you right and then get good grades this is the other one that people discount I've seen a lot of kids limit where they can play because of their grades, unfortunately. So get the best grades possible. Um, and then should you use a recruiting service? It depends. I'd say if you're not really sure about what you're doing um, and it's getting late in the process, like maybe your junior, senior year, then maybe consider a recruiting service. I think most of the things you can probably do yourself with just a little advice or with a little research online. So there we have it. Good stuff. Yeah. So what about the videos? I got one more thing for sure. that. And yes. that is... For some, money is a issue. It yeah. is a big issue. Yeah, and that's that's fine. If it isn't a big issue, 
there are club options in college that are tons Great. of fun. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they don't own you. Yes. <laughs> you get kind of co-ed. They play the, the men and the women play the same tournaments. Yes. I mean, it's not super co-ed fun. volleyball. Right. But separate divisions. But it's a big party and it's, it's a fun. good fun time and the level of volleyball is high. So there are other things besides a scholarship if you want to, if you love the game. Absolutely. Yes. That's a great point. Yeah. Cool. All right. Videos. So, yeah. Back to decision making. Uh, classic one for setters. Uh, this is Diane Flick Williams, uh, who was at Western Washington. Teach setters to overload and isolate to gain an offensive advantage. Oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. So we have that idea that decision making overload isolate. Okay. Uh, some good stuff there. Decision making for setters. Uh, John Dunning. This is one of his. Uh, you know. Uh, favorites. I know it is becoming a better reader and learning to make decisions. I love it. Cool one. Really cool. And then finally, uh, the funny thing, you know, the funny thing is looking at these videos, there were more videos on decision making than I thought. Sometimes okay. I look on the site and there are less things than I think, oh, we got to make some more of these decision making. There were a bunch. Listen okay, to this one. Cool. This is pretty cool. Eight game mimicking drills that promote decision making christy johnson lynch from Ooh, iowa state that's a great one yeah she has yes. some out of system hitting decision making with attackers good stuff awesome good stuff how about a resource okay so, what do you got so the resource is a really interesting resource it's called vivi athletics and it's all about how do you spell it uh v-i-v-i -V -I, and it's okay it's uh v-i-v-i athletics.com and I'll put it in the show notes, but it's all about the inner athlete. And, and, you know, my degree was in psychology, so I'm all about sports psych. And I think it's a huge difference maker. And we're talking about decision making. That's all internal. Yep. Right. And I think this goes hand in hand with this. But this is all about sports psych for life. So making and doing things that promote a healthy uh, well-being, promote um, a confident athlete, uh, athlete and promote um confident decision making hey mental health is more important than ever before absolutely in that age group absolutely so i mean you guys can check that out i gotta check it out yeah i and, don't know that one and as always check us out on instagram at aoc.thevolleypod and on twitter at the volleypod and thanks a lot todd what another great episode good stuff davis thank you thank you see Take you next care, week bye.